Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecu. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello dear hearts, this week I'm hoovering with specialist anti-diet yogi Aisha Nash. Uh, we met on The Guilty Feminist and I fell in brain love with her grounded attitude and mightily informed chats. Then I discovered her Instagram which started filling my heart and head with all the right kind of education. She's a voice of joy in the middle of the otherwise cesspit that is the wellness industry. Um, so I stole her for an hour to hoover with and it turned out bonus that she used to be a pastry chef and was up for making me pancakes. Get the fuck in. First of all though, um, please may I ask you to come and watch Hoovering Live as part of the Underbelly Festival on the 17th of July with Joe Brand and other guests being announced soon. It's a long sentence, wasn't it? Come to that. Um, I am on tour with Hench. There are a handful of London dates uh, throughout June. They might be sold out, but it's worth checking. And there are uh, then tour dates at the end of July and the start of August. Um, Just to wrap that show up, uh, in places like Newcastle, Sheffield, Bristol, I've been moved into massive venues, so I know there are definitely still tickets. Do come. Uh, links to all my tour dates, to the Hoovering Live, and to everything interesting that I should know about to say are, as ever, in the podcast notes. Thanks for listening, by the way, to Hoovering. If you tell other people about it, I love you more than all the other listeners. Uh, one way of doing that is merely to subscribe and leave it a five-star review. Or you can literally sort of take people by the scruff of their jib and say, oh, can I tell you about a po- podcast I like? You're welcome to do that. 
Um, gently, though. Please do it gently. Um, you can help the podcast financially if you want, either with a one-off payment at ACAST supporter or in a regular way. Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. My brilliant guest this week is also on Patreon. Become her patron, which is bloody brilliant. Quick warning before we get into it that Aisha and I do give some examples of disordered eating in the context of talking about how crazy it was that it uh, is slash was normal. Wait till you hear how happy I was. But I just know that you're going to be so chuffed. There's, she's got all like little chefy insider information about things like chocolate temperature. It's just exactly why I started this podcast is to learn that stuff and share it. Um, and wait till you hear how giddy I am about her teaching me two new deeply sexily long words. <laughs> Aisha is one clever egg. As you'll hear, she knows an incredible amount about history, racism, diet culture, and Kit Kats and Skittles. Fancy Nutella. From, actually from Italy. No, no, no. Um, there's an Italian shop that's opened up here. I say shop. It's kind of like a, a food market kind of thing. It's a brand called Italy, as in eat and then Tully. Oh, nice. Um, Do you know what? I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, it's been all over the socials recently because um, it opened about two weeks back. Oh, right. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for making me pancakes. I thought, so this um, spanky Nutella is called Grandioso. <laughs> Grandioto Cremoso. I feel confident doing an Italian accent as there's a lovely Italian man called Mirko at my gym who I've been listening to every day and I've learned to do his talking like him so I don't feel too dangerously xenophobic to do Italian accent at the moment. Um, got but the am I allowed to open Yeah, it? yeah, of course. Because it's still got the, sil- the foil seal. <gasps> oh, do you remember when you first discovered that there was a pointy bit on the upturn of the lid to actually pierce that with and you didn't just have to try and stick a pen in or the corner of your nail or the tine of a fork yeah that was like the <laughs> one, one yeah. prong of a fork <laughs> yeah. yeah actually a perfectly designed thing in the room well it took me too long to realize that oh my god thanks for making me pancakes <laughs> you're welcome oh my god yeah i should have done a i should have written tried to write jess shouldn't i on my first one oh, that's fine oh yes very much. No worries. <laughs> oh, lovely looking strawbs as well. We're in Croydon where you live. We're allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like Croydon has particularly good fresh fruit markets. Oh, sorry, street market is so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always, so I've always lived in South London. My mum would always bring me here and that was like the market where you'd hear the people with the Cockney accent going, this much for a pound. Yeah. They don't do it anymore and it's really sad. Oh, don't they? No, they they don't scream really loudly. quite a lot of like, (laughs) (laughs) And you can't even work out what it is that is a pound, but you know that something is a (laughs) pen. Cheers, mate. Cheers a tea and a coffee. Mmm. Oh, this is the life, isn't it? This is technically work. Um, first things first, I need to make sure I say your first name right. Sure. Tell me how to say it. Aisha. Aisha. Did I say it right? Yeah. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you've made us um, pancakes and um, you used to be a pastry chef. Yes, I... Um 
weirdly, I did a degree in biology and I came out of it absolutely hating it and wanted right. to do the complete opposite. Right. Um, oh and then I did like an apprenticeship. So I worked full time and went to pastry college at the same time. Right. And then, uh, worked at loads of places, worked in a Michelin starred restaurant and did a pastry competition and then kind of burnt out. And really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's so much information in one sentence. <laughs> a Michelin starred restaurant. Uh, do you yeah, I worked at Hakkasan. Oh my God, wow. Yeah. Um, can, I, can I pick bits of it up with my hands? Will that upset you? I'm Indian. Okay. We eat with our hands. <laughs> Great. And I'm allowed... Um, I was going to put a different topping on each layer. Yeah, of course. Okay. Go for it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I think we just need a minute. Mmm. I've been perfecting my pancakes over lockdown. Oh, my God. It's so because fluffy. I miss IHOP so okay. much. What's IHOP? In the US, you have a... A brand of pan um, breakfast places right. called International House of Pancakes. Oh, and nice. they do these buttermilk pancakes mm. that are amazing, and they top them with salted whipped butter. Oh my and, god! And like not real maple syrup, but like maple flavored syrup. Oh, it's so fucking good. Oh, that swanky Nutella is fierce. <laughs> it's kind of not as sweet, but it's richer. It's, mm. it's really, okay, that's really cool. lovely. It's like I a just, dark chocolate Nutella, basically. But oh. I figured it would be fun at some point when I'm having one of those days and just mm-hmm. squeeze it straight into my mouth. Yeah. So 100 percent. My friend, you know you get it's in a similar if you're listening but can't see a picture of it. It's like a toothpaste tube. Yeah. <laughs> the same one that you get that like primula cheese in. <laughs> that my friend just squeezes a bit of into her dog's mouth all the time. Oh, really? And I sort of watch that. I watch her doing that, and I. I've had to confess to her, I was like, I just used to do that. <laughs> I used to get in from school and just like pump, just pump a squeeze of of, um, of ham primula into my mouth. Whoa. Why not? Why not? This is flipping delish. I, I've attempted to make these like American style, chunkier mm. yeah. pancakes. And um, well, I'd have to say I'm dog, I think I'm dog shit at making pancakes full stop. If I make normal, I say normal, if I make you like a, you know, skinny, crap, like crap ones, yeah. yeah, then um, my first like two are rubbish. They're just That's too just the, chunky. the pan's not the right heat. Oh, really? Mm. It's a patience issue because that would be unsurprising. Yeah. <laughs> so food is the only thing I have patience for. Okay. Um, otherwise, I don't have patience. This is amazing to hear from a yoga person. Um, you just have this image in your head that yoga instructors are going to be... Uh, really zen. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Okie dokie. Not at all. Okie dokie, got it. <laughs> I do I do hate that image of like, no, I'm a normal person. I yeah. just like philosophy. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, definitely no patience. Um, but with pancakes, it's about getting the, the pan to the right heat. Right. And then just kind of being there with it at the right heat and monitoring it. Okay. So, like, having an induction is fantastic because you can go, that's the correct heat to stay at that. Whereas, yeah. like, with a flame underneath it, 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 you know, the flame can get really hot. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I am... Um, back in October, there was a little window where we were allowed to staycations. Yeah. And um, I went away for a weekend with some dear friends. And we had an induction hob that none of us had ever used before. Yeah. 
we just no, none of us had ever lived in a home that had one mm. so we just did I think what the classic fool's errand of being like well it's broken <laughs> we did every time we took it off it would turn up that's, yeah, the, point. Turn that's yeah. the whole point um, <laughs> um, oh I, there's so much I want to get into I know oh, I, so I'm sort of priori- I had to prioritise quickly eating one of those because otherwise it would have been too distracting <laughs> Um, you're an anti-diet yoga instructor, so yeah. I mean, I want to know everything. What got you there? I don't know where to begin with that. Also, I'm so jealous of what you've done with your pancakes. I'm going to do that to my next one. Yeah, go for Butter it. and syrup. Yeah. Um, thank there, you. There's also loads of other things on that. Just kind of I mean, yourself. in a way, choice is my enemy. No, otherwise I'll try. I'll try. You can play with all things. sorts of things. Okay. Yeah, I can even get you a separate plate so you don't no, get the maple separate. on the on the on the third one. I don't mind mingling flavors. Not at all. This is I'm in heaven. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to know what took you from Hakkasan to being a yoga instructor, but I guess specifically <laughs> for a, a burnout. I mean, you said, but like, I also I'm fascinated by anybody's journey to a place of anti-dietness and then um because it's never a completely simple one um and never an easy one i should say and also um i guess i'd like to know how those two things go hand in hand because i think because yoga can be associated with dietness as can all exercise i guess yeah it completely can and the thing with it is kind of having to constantly remember that it's not really about exercise. Yeah. And I've, I've been liking yoga since I was a kid. My mum used to drag me to her classes when I was f- five years old. Yeah. So it's always been something that I liked. Okay, lovely. And people would always describe me as a bit woo-woo for liking it. Um, <laughs> a bit woo-woo for liking yeah. it. And in South London this is that you were going to yoga as a kid with your mum. Yeah, in like it. this, um, in a school hall in the evening, we drive up and it would be there. Like it would, like really old school. Okay. And it was just so fun. Yeah. Um, and then that and growing up with lots of religions, it kind of made me like learning about people's ways that they view the world. Okay. And that combined with... I also went to Catholic school and was raised Muslim, so mm-hmm. I just like questioning everything as I grew up. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, and then when I finished being a chef, I, I was at this point where it was like, I can go back to being a chef, but I might burn out again because the injury never really healed. Right. It's something, it's, it's chronic, it will come back and it will right. go and it will come back and it will go. So I would have either this ability to like work for nine months and then be, you know, burnt out for three months of the year. Yeah. Or I could find a completely new path and decided to do my yoga teacher training. Amazing. Mm. On like a complete whim, I'm like, well, I have these savings. Let's let's see where this goes. Wow. Um, That's awesome. Was that in the UK, the training? Yeah, it was here in the UK. I got involved in a yoga studio that is a very toxic place. It it was filled (laughs) with a lot of... I'm trying to be really diplomatic. Mm. It was filled with a lot of diet culture. And it was filled with a lot of people that thought that they knew what was right for you and Mm -hmm. all sorts. And me being... Not at the time. I wasn't plus size at the time. But I was brown and I was curvy. Yeah. And so I never really fit in. Mm-hmm. Due to that, I went on lots of diets and like 
you know, lifestyle changes, mm -hmm. like Whole30 and all of these weird diets that weren't actually sold as diets. Yeah, yeah, sure, like as lifestyles or as... Yeah. Um, allergies or intolerances yeah, or fixing yeah, my gut yeah, health yeah. or you know the, the way that they phrase it yeah. and it's like at the end of the day someone's all, telling it's all a fucking diet it's all, all a diet yeah a diet. and when i notice your, your intuitive fasting <laughs> yeah oh is a fucking diet oh my yeah <laughs> <laughs> just i I, I lose the something world. else. I lose the world to live. I, I don't know. I've really gone to town on the podcast about that yet. But if oh you are not aware, what I a reference there, um, one of Gwyneth Paltrow has a book out, and she's bastardized a beautiful thing that is intuitive eating and brought a book out called Intuitive Fasting, which is an oxymoron. Mm, completely. Yeah. It's so bizarre. I'm like, mm. no, you're a human. You should eat food. Food is good. Mm. Um. So yeah, anyway, when I was like on all of those, I noticed that all of the much slimmer mm -hmm. people around me were also doing the same thing. Right, right. And my brain's like, well, if you're doing it, because you think that everything is about getting skinnier. Yeah. And I, no matter what, no matter what happens, I'm never going to look like you. A, I'm never going to be white. B, I'm never going <laughs> to stop being curvy. <laughs> Like, you know, I could diet down to there my bones. There is probably something I'd on good for people. I'd still be curvy and bad. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just tired of this. Yeah. Just fucking all. If I'm not yeah. going to get me accepted, then fuck it. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, I had been, like, dieting since I was 14. Fuck, yeah. And... I, because of the, being so interested in science and being so interested in humans, the way they yeah. think and the way human bodies work, I read every single diet book under the sun. Crikey, okay. And when I flipped to like being on the other side, I read every anti-diet book yeah, in the world. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, this makes so much more sense. Why is it like a revolutionary statement to just say, eat what you want when you want it? Yeah. It's absolutely bonkers, isn't yeah. it? Um, it does feel like the sort of thing, it does feel almost like a religious epiphany. I, I yeah. certainly. Yeah, had, yeah, yeah. Like in, in a similar, yeah, I had a massive library of, I used to pride myself on. Reading the latest one, right? And knowing yeah. the latest diet. Yeah, and I used to be, and I used to be like, name a food item and I'll tell you how many calories are in it. Oh, completely. <laughs> like, completely. I'm so proud of that. Mm. And I used to be, oh God, I mean, I remember, I used to be like, oh, I'm shivering. Guys, I'm successfully starving. I, like, it was, it, it was, but you know, and then it, and then it just took me, it took me to my thirties for me yeah. to realize that like, well, all of these things are effective for a short time. Mm. Um, but the older I got, the more I was noticing how sad they made me each time. Yeah. How sad it made me to be hungry or to be obsessed or to be, um, yeah, obsessed or, and hungry. Yeah. Um, and then, or, and punishing. Like, I, I, I was, I, and it got to my 30s and I was like, hang on, this is stopping me enjoying so many things. Yeah. Like, it's stopping me enjoying, it's, it's probably consuming. I remember shocking, shocking a producer recently in a conversation about it. He said, how long, how much of your time did you think you spent per day thinking about your weight and what you're eating. And I was like, oh God, I'm in a minimum of 25% of every day. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You got, that's, um, that's, that's all your, that's kind of a quarter of all of your time. Yeah. Which considering you're asleep for, like, that's mad, that's yeah. mad. Um, 
Yeah, and then when you flip the other way, it's like, what? It must be like the first people that sort of came round to the idea that the earth wasn't flat. Yeah. It does feel a bit like that. It, it really does. Um, so my, where my husband works, he's fil- he's works with, he has lots of women on the team mm. and they're constantly talking about diets. And because mm. he's used to me just ranting about how diets are the absolute worst thing mm. and how the BMI is this horrid racist thing. And I, I will rant forever about this. Yeah. Um, he started telling the women he works with going, yeah, there's there's no diet talk allowed here. <gasps> we're we're going to have a diet talk swear jar. I so love if him! if you talk about diet talk, <laughs> you're going to have to put money in the jar and I'm going to spend it on Krispy Kremes. <laughs> yes! Good man! <laughs> I love it! What a good man. Oh, you said keto. That's a tenner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put it all in the Christmas party. He was like, me, one, one of them's like <laughs> wanting to eat ice and I went, oh yeah, I remember oh. when I did that. And he was like, what? Jesus. And people talk, I mean, yeah. It's like, that's really bad for your teeth, by the way. Please do tell her that it's really bad for her teeth. It will ruin the enamel. Mm. She's better off just drinking the water if she wants to go down that path. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Bloody hell. And he's just looking at me like, how are you talking about this? Like, it's a normal, natural thing. And I'm like, it's not, but we've been taught that it is. We've been taught that it is, and the Mm. vast majority, especially of women, Mm. will have had a go at all of those massively disordered things Mm. from chomping ice right through to really you know horrific purging mm. stuff like it's just normal I've been yeah, doing this podcast for normal. three years over three years nearly three and a half and um, kind of every uh, almost every single woman I've sp- spoken to and I have spoken to majority of women it's just generally sometimes often more interesting <laughs> um that it, that's that was normalised even in childhood. You know, yeah. there'll be there, hardly anyone had didn't have one dieting parent or didn't have any of that messaging in there. I remember the weirdest sentence that my mum ever said to me when I was <clears throat> probably about fifteen. She said to me, "You know, you've got to do it with discipline. Don't be like your cousins eating the like laxative jelly and all of that. Make sure that you're disciplined about it. Don't be weak like them." And I'm like. What does disciplined about it mean? As in like, Just don't eat the food. Don't eat the food. As don't, in, oh my God. <laughs> oh and, and God. And exercise, and I'm like, oh my God. Oh God. And it's so like all these phrases, like when you quit dieting, they these memories come back mm. to you and you're like, that was not normal. No. That was not okay. No, and also, I mean, even if, I mean, I still think to this day, every now and again, I get an email from someone who listens to the podcast who, who says, yeah, I mean, like, you go on and on about anti-diet culture, but what do you want to do about the obesity epidemic? And you go, okay, well, we need to unpack that. And actually, I've stopped replying because I can't be asked. Mm. It, just listen to, just listen. Even if you think, even if you, and I, I'm not going to get into it now because I, again, can't be asked and I've done it a million times already. But even if you're like, no, no, categorically people, this is in society, people are, I've got too heavy. Diets, diets don't work. <laughs> so there's that. There's also that. Um, like 98% of them, according to literally every single study, don't work. They, in fact, people but get heavier as a result of, yeah. of restricting followed by binging. Like it's a cycle of failure. Why are we still doing it? Why is everyone still doing it? Why are we... I It, it boggles me that we're still a sort of angry minority that have realised that this very obvious thing is making things worse. Yeah. It, on a hundred different levels. It makes it so much worse. And 
it takes away people's autonomy mm. because eating and drinking are, it's as normal and as routine as breathing and peeing yeah. and yet you're taught well if you're hungry you might not actually be hungry you might be thirsty and I kind of want to respond oh every God. time with well maybe you don't need to pee maybe you need to breathe a bit more like yeah. <laughs> that that's the equivalent that you're saying yeah but because it's about food people are just like oh yeah you must know better than me yeah 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 and like people talking about food being addictive and it um you know making your brain happy it's like you're an animal you need food to survive yeah of course your brain's going to view that as a pleasurable activity otherwise yeah. you're going to die yeah you can't just stop doing that. you can't yeah yeah it's such a good point you'd never be you'd never say to someone uh, oh, you actually need to poo a bit less. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, you can't. I mean, I have ADHD it. and I like procrastinate peeing. Yeah. So, like, I know the pain that comes with that. <laughs> like, it's it. so illogical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to have, I had a temp job so boring once that I'd hold in a wee for the thrill. For the thrill oh, of the pain. Like you get That's so tired great, and so angry. I remember tweeting about it once and, and like a bunch of people were like, please, can you not? Like, you need, just please go for the week. But no one would have piped up, you know, if I'd have gone, I'm not eating today. Nobody would have Everyone piped would have up and like, went, oh could my you God, well done. I thought you looked amazing. Exactly. For fuck's sake. Mmm. Delicious. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I talk about diet culture and what a giant sort of toxic, ineffective cunt it is all the time in this podcast. But one thing that you are super articulate about all over your social media that I've, for my sins, never had tapped into really on this podcast, which is my bad, um, is the inherent element of racism in diet culture. Can we get into that? Oh, yeah, of course. So all of uh, the majority of my knowledge about that comes from a book called Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings. Amazing. Which is an amazing book and I have to say that immediately because mm -hmm. I, this didn't just come to me out of the blue. Of course. This yeah, amazing yeah. person's written about it. And the more I read that book, the more I remembered how much I've like learned about history because of 
history is fun yeah. in that generally things have happened before and it's really fun to see the patterns in what's going on and what has happened and i yeah. love that and after reading that book i was like like i felt it but i was slightly unsure so then i started doing my own research into like the kings of england and and when the um so sabrina strings talks about two words lazy and stupid right and when they started being used towards fat people and that coincides with the slave trade. Whoa. Yeah. And before then, those two words were never used. So I looked into like Henry VIII and William the Conqueror, and these were large, large people. They were not skinny yeah. kings. They were so large that like their coffins had to be specially built and they, they were much larger than their coffins. Yeah. And nobody ever used those words for them. Mm -hmm. But after the slave trade, those words started being used towards the Georgian and Hanoverian kings. Right. Because that's when it was in the vernacular to um, infer that fatness was laziness and stupidness. Yeah. Before then, it wasn't. Yeah. It was just neutral. It was neutral. Neutral to the point of actually being a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was showed yeah. that you had access to plenty. Poor people used to wish that they'd be fat because they saw that fat people didn't get ill they yeah. didn't get all of the illnesses that were were generally associated with poor people yeah lower class and working class saying that, that there wasn't really lower class and working class then it was either just nobility or quality um but yeah and, and then it was just weird and even then when you look into food before the slave trade before spices and sugar were very widely available mm spices and sugar were heavily used in the food of the royalty nobility yeah. even to the point where queen elizabeth ii used to love candied fennel seeds wow which is like an that sounds fucking lush actually <laughs> which is like an indian thing i've got oh, some really okay. oh, that sounds so nice um and then at the same time where all of this becomes available and it becomes plentiful yeah. then it's no 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 our food is just fresh and it's good and we're not going to spice it we're not going to flavor it and that's why european food doesn't use spices anymore what? it's completely classist whoa yeah. so how mad yeah I, I you love put that it really it. beautifully in there was an Instagram post I think where you said like the global majority of humans are not white yet we're still held to Eurocentric body ideals that's so true as well isn't it oh completely it's not, there's a even it, I mean BMI is in its core flawed to the point of uselessness but even within that it's complete whitewash isn't it it's just oh, the assumption yeah. is that we're all we've all got the same bone density muscle mass all that stuff becomes irrelevant, as does race. Madness. Well, it's because he came up with it. He was a physiognomist. He very mm. much believed that what you look like dictated who you were as a person. Right. He believed <gasps> What in... great word you've taught me, physiognomist. Yeah. Is that and... someone who believes what you look like is, is yeah. so who it's, you are? It's um, a debunked... How good you are. It's a debunked pseudoscience, <gasps> physiognomy. And he believed Whoa. in phrenology, which was like the shape of your skull dictates like whether you're going to be rich, whether you're going to be poor, whether you're going to be a criminal. And he only studied white people because right. to him, whiteness was and the average. Yeah. yeah. So his formula 
which he had to rewrite to fit the data that he had, <gasps> which is another flawed thing. Like no yeah. scientist now would Talk do that. Talk about confirmation bias. Yeah. You're like, no, I'm afraid I haven't found the evidence for the thing I want. I'll, I'll have to find other evidence. I'm just going to change up my <laughs> hypotheses. <laughs> yeah. Like, I bet that does do happen all the time. It certainly yeah. does in conversation. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. So he chose all these white people because to him, that was the average man because he was a white man who lived in Europe who was from Belgium one of the countries that um, it's not really been great in its colonial history I mean I say that as a British person (laughs) (laughs) this country has not been great either but Belgium done some really bad things yeah (laughs) sat there all innocent in the middle Belgium Christ so it's so flawed from the very start of it and then even then when like it became vernacular and when it became a part of science yeah it was study done by Ansel Keys and he picked it because it was the best of a bad bunch right 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 it wasn't oh this is the like one key that's going to keep everybody healthy it was yeah this is less shit than the rest the rest are really shit this one's not so shit oh my days yeah uh, it's bonkers, isn't it? And then that's become what e- what the vast majority of people live by. Yeah. Jesus. And no, not even what the vast majority of people live by. It's what the vast majority of we'll people are judged by. Fact. Yes, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judged by is much better. Because, <sighs> you know, we... It was planned on adult men and for some reason is, is for kids now and is yeah. for women and... Like, if you look up the Wikipedia page of BMI, and this is like the Wikipedia page, this is the page that everybody goes to to check information on anything. Yeah, yeah. Three times along that page, it goes, this is not to judge individual people. Oh, really? Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, just a quick it, it was um, meant to be for update. populations of people. Yeah. Yeah. I am, um, first one, posh Nutella and strawberries. Really amazing. Second one, I've never had butter on a hot pancake before. Absolute game changer. <laughs> but I'm closing on strawberries and chocolate again. Because I feel like it's a classic combo I've not had recently. And it's, it's bringing... I, I'm really loving the flavours together. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long time to say the very simple thing. Oh dear. You'd it's think so- three years in I'd got better at describing what I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> but words are slippery they just mm. kind of disappear mm. oh my god it's blissing me out this is so good <laughs> mm. Mm. you also talk quite openly on your social media about being neurodivergent is that ADHD um yeah yeah Does that that, that's a that's a new discovery weirdly is it? enough yeah I didn't because of the way that ADHD is like shown on TV and media mm. and I never even knew that women could get it really really <gasps> and then um, back in October Pona Bell um, shared uh, an article about it on her thing and I read it yeah and I sat there in a panic for a week going oh my god this is me then I got really? my, yeah and then I got my husband to read it and he goes I should that describes you perfectly oh shit okay and I'm like Oh, so this entire life where I thought that I was just weird and quirky. No, it's because my brain is different. Okay, yeah. right. 
I mean, I'm still weird and quirky, but it's specifically <laughs> yeah, because my that. brain is different. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And I know that with um, children, a friend's child has recently been diagnosed with it. A girl. Um, there is, it's med, it's, because it's literally a thing, a brain thing. Yeah. There is a med, a really effective medicine for it. Yeah, exactly. You, that's cool. Yeah. I, um, does it affect how you eat? Or what do you think it has ever? Oh yeah, completely. Mm. So mm, the logic with ADHD or like the, I don't know if doctors will agree, but like mm. all the all the Instagrammers and TikTokers agree, <laughs> um, <laughs> that ADHD is, uh, is a lack of dopamine. Right. So it's a lack of a, um, a happy um, yeah. a hormone that kind of makes you happy. And th- that's one or two, that and serotonin. And they're the ones you get loads extra of if you take MDMA or look at the bright white screen of a phone or a yep. baby's face. Depending and on who you are. <laughs> so all of my behavior my entire life has been dopamine seeking. And mm-hmm. one of the ways that I regulate my dopamine is through food because yep. I absolutely love it. And so anytime I'm happy, I eat food. Anytime I'm yep. sad, I eat food. And my family would just find it really weird. Be like, you just eat food all the time. Like mm. it, it's always there. Like. I'll, I'll even play with it, like chew it. They're really yeah. fun to play with within your fingers. Yeah. I had no idea that what I was doing was like stimulating dopamine. Yeah. And now I've put it together. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so I, I wasn't actually hungry then. I was bored and yeah. I needed a fidget toy. Great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> play. Yes. I mean, I still love fruit. I think it's yeah. the most magical thing in the world. I think that like the fear of food that came with being so down and disordered eating mm-hmm. was the real thing that broke me out of it because it's yeah. like this is something that should be celebrated especially for yeah. me having like gone the path of making these gorgeous cakes making these gorgeous desserts mm. I, it would it would be such a part of my life where i'd be planning like what flavors go with what flavors and then a couple of years later i'd be scared of going to a restaurant yeah and it was the weirdest thing because it would mean eating when you were trying not to eat. Yeah. Fucking or hell. eating when, like, I couldn't trust that because I'd worked in a restaurant, I know how much butter people eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <sighs> um, God, it's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, I am. Um, Genuinely, just sort of drifted off thinking about how much I love butter. That's okay. Can you also reminded me of a, a really a therapist that I had who really helped me come to terms with my disordered eating. At one point, you know, I was having to think for the first time about why, when I felt like eating something, why it was, and yeah. you know, not necessarily not doing it if it wasn't bodily hunger, which I still think is fucking hard, if not impossible, to always identify compared to whatever else hunger's hunger. But I did have a similar experience in the sense that I was like, just wanted to at least just write down whatever motion it was that I thought had made me go get something to eat. And I was like, okay, it quite quickly became obvious that when I was very, very happy or very, very stressed or very, like anything very, very, it was yeah. like, and whether or not your body's hungry, is like, I want to eat something because I, I know it will bring me joy and I know it will numb that emotion. Mm. But um, I stopped, I stopped with my list when I realized that even mild relief. <laughs> this but I was, um, I, was, um, I was in town I've had a day of meetings and I had a gig that night and it got cancelled which is a, a lovely feeling because <laughs> I'll like, oh, get in I get to go home and I knew I was going I was like oh, I'll get to go home I'm going to cook something and I was like should I get a burrito on the way like, oh my god 
For fuck's sake, that's mild relief. Just, okay, you just have to say it's an, it's an inexhaustible list. Every emotion can make me peckish. Well, <laughs> it's, it's so true because food, it's more than just what you eat. It's yeah. a celebration. Yes. When um, so in India, when when kids are born, you give everyone sweet treats, and it's yeah. like you know this is to celebrate the kid being born. Yeah. Something sweet has come in the world, so we're going to share the sweetness. Yeah, and food is not removable from be from emotion. It's not. No, because otherwise it wouldn't play with all the hormones in the brain. Yeah, totally. It is yeah. emotion. It's meant. It's designed to give you emotion, so exactly. that you keep wanting to do it, and that you exactly. love it. And if you build a life for yourself where you realise you can't take joy from that. That's another thing as well, I think. A memory sort of I had recently of like, when I was in a constant cycle of restricting and binging, but you know, sometimes long patches of restricting, is that when I did eat in a day, I'd really rush it. It'd be very quick and it would be very, like it's almost like, don't let yourself realise how joyful this is, just get it done. Get completely fueling. That's so bleak. Yeah. It's so bleak. I used to eat so fast. Like, so fast. And now it's like, ah, okay, this is what it's like to, like, take my time with this. Yeah, and taste it. And then there's times where I'm like, I mean, like, pancake one, and it's just inhale. I just put that in. Um, (laughs) But these other two, oh, I'm enjoying every bloody stage of them. Are there any foods or drinks that you love that everybody else hates or the opposite that you hate that everybody else loves? I am one of the weirdest millennials you'll ever meet. I do not like avocado on toast. I don't like smashed (laughs) avocado. I think the texture is repulsive and you all are weird. I was taught when I was little the African way to eat avocado is diced with a bit of demerara sugar on it. That's how I now have it. I don't understand the savory and the smushing of it. Oh my God, the texture is just awful. I've even tried it in smoothies and it fucks it it all up. It's disgusting. I hear you. You're not alone. (laughs) I do like it, but you are not the first person that's brought that up. I think avocados are a real room divider. I feel like anytime I bring this up, people are like, what? And I'm like, no, "No, no. it's wrong. And they're they're sort of ever present in a vegan pudding now in a way that can get fucked. I think avocado and chocolate should be kept apart. It should be silk and tofu if you're going to go that vegan route and chocolate. Right, okay. Okay. That's that's a much nicer texture. Well, we live and we learn from a pastry chef. Thank you very much. Um, I say that. People ask me, like, make vegan stuff or gluten-free stuff, and I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Pastry should have butter. And I will die on that hill. (laughs) Fair play, fair play. Butter is manna from the pancake. Butter is manna from the gods. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. How is so... But... But most pe- pre-made pastry from a supermarket is yeah. vegan. Yes, Unless it is. you get the fancier, like the Tesco finest one mm. that brags about its buttery content. Yeah. And it is still, that's still nice. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. But that's like, they put a lot of effort into making that uh, taste okay, nice. Okay, fine. And a yeah. machine does and it. And a machine does yeah. it. Yeah, we're not a machine. We didn't have those skills. 
No. Um, There's probably a bit of butter flavoring in there as well. Yeah. You, oh. you, get a, you get a better rise from like a vegetable shortening when really? it comes to pastry. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a good pastry is probably um, like the kind that would line a, an apple pie or like a quiche yeah. base. Uh, a good one would be made with kind of half vegetable shortening and half um, butter. Nice. Because with the vegetable shortening, because there's no, there's lesser water content, right. you get a better flake oh, to it. Oh, nice. And the butter, because of the water content, gives a better rise to it, so you get m- more flakiness. Would you ever do Bake Off? No. Wouldn't you? I'm not allowed, because oh. I'm a professionally trained pastry chef. Oh, but there's Professional Bake Off, new series starting soon. I'd rather die. Okay, <laughs> the, the judges are much crueler on that, but I'm obsessed with that show. My friend Thomas, one of my hosts, and so, it looks so fun. So I, I know a few Cherish. people that have been on it, and okay. it's just like, no. no I, okay, they're I've, in therapy. I've, yeah. <laughs> I've done the being very stressed out chef. I can't oh. go back to that again. Fine, yeah, I forgot. Actually, my bad. I forgot how triggering it could potentially be. <laughs> To go being back a into chef that is so stressful. I just can't sit here and eat your pancakes and not suggest you continue to cook pastry for strangers, <laughs> despite the impact it will have on your life and mental health. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, That's okay. It's so stressful. And yeah. I was one of those weird people who, like, in the restaurant, would be like, "We've got three seconds to get this dish out," and my response would be. But why? We're not surgeons. They're not yeah. gonna die. So yeah. Yeah. Fair play. I'm That's a bit too logical. It's such a good point, isn't it? I try and do that sometimes with stand-up. Like, if something's really frightening and or, like, something's really shit, you know, like, it's going to be a shit gig for some reason. I think, ooh, you doubt to do it. Yeah. could just walk off. You could walk off halfway through a joke if you want. (laughs) Like, the world's not going to stop turning. No, it's not. You're literally not a surgeon. No one's going to be harmed. You just probably won't get rebooked there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I view my job as a yoga teacher now. I'm like, um, yeah, I don't respond to emails at the weekends. Why? Because I'm a yoga teacher. Nothing I do is an emergency. (laughs) You do not need me that much. (laughs) Yeah. It's so true. There's yoga on YouTube for the weekends, guys. (laughs) You don't need me. This. My, jo- my job is useless. <laughs> it's like I'm really good at it, but it's it's not a job that's going to fix everything in your life or solve, I don't know, like human hunger or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's glorious. What glorious <laughs> yeah. position on things. I've noticed lots of people. Well, it's definitely sort of chefs telly cooking. Yeah. Definitely just like 100% rebranding salt as seasoning, mm. and like even in recipes, like. Um, my girlfriend sometimes gets these like packets where you get like a recipe card that you still buy the ingredients for, but all the spicings there, and they're pretty good sometimes. Mm. Um, but they'll be like, pop that, you know, pop the aubergine in the oven for twenty minutes with a bit of oil and a bit of seasoning, and you're like a bit of salt, because you yeah. can just say salt with me. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. I'm not going to shit my pants about. But it does seem to have been uh, like. Maybe that is like a PR rebrand because salt got such bad PR in the. Oh yeah. And now it's not it's not just like table salt, it's pink Himalayan mind by virgin sort yeah, of thing yeah, and yeah. that one's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, as long oh. as you've paid fifteen quid for a gram of it, you're that one's probably good for you. <laughs> and it all tastes the same yeah. and the amount of trace minerals is so minute it does not make a single bit of difference to your yeah. diet. I have yeah. to say that because it drives me mad. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. Well, also, I think if all of that scaremongering was true, like, I'd be dead 
Like I'd absolutely not be here yeah. now. Like I, let alone like healthy and fit and wherever I am in whatever moment. Yeah, I'm never not having a salty time. Um, my yeah, the thing that makes the pancakes better. Yeah. Big pinch of salt. Big pinch of salt. Boy, you're big. Yes, I used to. Um, my ex-mother-in-law used to send me um, newspaper articles about um, how careful to be about how much salt my son should be having, and um, he's also thriving. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, like, I like your way of putting that so diplomatically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trained as a lawyer before comedy. Haven't lost it. Still got it. She's still got it. Um, <laughs> no one's no one's suing this podcast. <laughs> That's the whole joy of a podcast. We can be as libelous as we fucking like. <laughs> oh, have you got anything that you eat in a particularly ritualistic way? Oh, candy bars. Okay. Chocolate bars. Right. So if it's a Kit Kat, you have to break off each finger. Yeah. Then you have to eat the chocolate all the way around the top, around the sides, around the bottom, and then eat it wafer by wafer. Okay. If it's a Kinder Bueno, you have to um, break off each nugget in, in the stick. Yeah. And then you have to cut the like flat bit Never off. Never heard of called that. nugget before, and I'm really enjoying that. <laughs> you have to, <laughs> you have to take the the flat bottom off. Oh, eat that. The bottom then, off. So yeah. that you've got um, you've got a scoopy, and then you trenches. Use, yeah, and then you use your finger to scoop out the good oh, stuff. Okay. Then you eat the like insignificant bit. Sort of, what is and that then, airy sort of dusty like, shell hazelnut casing? Po- yeah, and then yeah. you get like the hazelnut poly mm. milky gorgeousness, and then you yeah. spend that licking it off your finger. Okay, great. Okay. I, I eat all sorts of candy bars in very strange ways that will make people go, what the fuck is wrong with you? Not on this podcast, they were. That's <laughs> what we live for. Me and everyone who writes me. Um, um, Twix, really the same thing. Twix. Oh, well, talk me through a Twix, actually. Um, oh, so those ones are fun. I actually prefer the biscuit the best. Oh, so I'll I'm eat all, <laughs> I'll eat all the chocolate, <laughs> then the caramel, and then the biscuit. But even the chocolate's so so thin. That's quite an ask, I think, to get the chocolate. I can only be bothered with the ends, with the bum and the face. <laughs> I can't get all the chocolate off all. Over no, not the... not at the bottom no, because fine, that's okay, such a fine okay. layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I will try, I will try really hard. Depends to get it on off the... the caramel top. Yeah, it depends on the time I have. Okay, fine. Okay, good. Maybe Sometimes it's, it's just... been fridged. Oh no, I don't like fridged chocolate. No, no. me neither. Doesn't taste it, it, anything. As it much. ruins the it ruins the temper on the chocolate and it makes the sugar come out. It's a this bad. This is what bad happens thing. if an ex chef talks about things. I was going to say it ruins the chocolatiness. Yeah. Um, the great the greatiness of the wine <laughs> it, it causes like the sugar to leave the temp uh, to oh, leave right. the 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 whole thing and you get like this white sheen over it it's and and it ruins the texture and the taste okay, don't okay. do it okay i won't <laughs> no the only reason i would do it is so that you've got longer to handle it if mm. you are going to try and get that thin thin layer of chocolate off the top as a thought experiment um, uh, you talked about Kit Kats first of all in there I can't, and you've made me realise I can't remember the last time I had a four finger Kit Kat I'm all about the chunkies I didn't think a Kit Kat could be improved and I thought they needed leaving alone and then they introduced the chunkies Kit Kat chunkies to my life especially the ones with the salted caramel in them I the still prefer caramel? the original more than any other but salted mm. caramel and peanut butter are my favourite spin-offs plus and Biscoff if you've ever tried a Biscoff one they do oh, a Biscoff one you they do a Biscoff online. one you have to go online 
Oh, okay. That sounds good. So I, my sister went to Japan a while back and came back with like the green tea ones. Yes, and I had like a proper obsession with them. They're good. But yeah. don't, and the matcha ones. The matcha ones, yeah. The matcha ones are delicious. The green tea ones, I thought, they're just a taste of white chocolate. <laughs> they're just a white chocolate yeah. Kit Kat, but particularly creamy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. But the kind of like little graininess to them that I'm actually really deeply into. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you find a crystally cheese. Plus, I love Kit Kats because uh, like on, on a on a brain level they're very satisfying because mm -hmm. the filling that's between the wafers is crushed up Kit Kats that went wrong and so like it's like Kit Kat from it, Channel 4 Snack yeah, Masters yeah and it's like Kit Kats are like a Kit Kat Inception there's like a <gasps> Kit Kat and a Kit Kat and it's so funny it's like a Kit Kat Inception yeah what a beautiful way of putting it Kit's Lady on Snack Masters so yeah that blew my mind mm. But Kit Kat innards are made of mushed up Kit Kats. <laughs> it's, great. it's like a zero waste chocolate bar that, yeah, it's apocalypse. Makes proof. me really happy. Yeah, it's really joyful that, isn't it? And it's geometrically beautiful. Mm. Everything about a Kit Kat's really fucking smashing. Yeah. Um, please don't write to me, I know it's Nestle. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not everything about them. Nothing can be perfect. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, Do you... chocolate's just problematic. I'm yeah. just leaving it at that. Yes, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> oh, even Skittles. I'll like pair mm. them up and I'll like try and squish them, and then the one that gets squished it gets eaten first, and the one that doesn't get squished goes into the next partnership of squishies. Yes, yeah. it's nice. So it gets another chance. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It's not left on the bench. I thought you were going to ditch it, and I was going to be like, okay, shit's getting weird. <laughs> now, finally, shit's getting objectively weird. Um, no, okay. So yeah. they're each teamed up. Does it matter the colour combos? I don't like the orange, yellow, or green ones. I like the red and the purple. Okay. Unless they're the sour ones. And the sour ones, all of them are acceptable. <laughs> I've never had a sour Skittle. They're lived. really nice. Have I not lived? They're really go, nice. I'm going to go out later today and get myself a sour Skittle. Well, so the fun thing is, over here, the sour Skittles are like sour on the inside. Mm. In America, the sour Skittles are covered in this like sour powder ah. that I'll just be like a little weird addict looking and eating nice. all the powder at the moment. Oh, I love the idea of a sour powder, sweet yeah. sour, sweetie powder. Mm. Like whatever dust you get on the outside of like sour cherry cola bottles. Yeah. <laughs> Um, five second rule, yes or no? It depends. Fine. Yeah, it depends. depends if the neighbour's cat's been round. If the neighbour's cat's been round <laughs> when the last time I seen the floor was. Yeah, fine. Hey, yeah. Probably not. Um, no, nah, gross. <laughs> uh, fair play, okay. Nice simple answer. Yeah. Um, do you drink alcohol? Kind of, sometimes. Um, hangover, what's your go-to thing to eat? I don't know. Okay. Generally, I'm just in a mood and I need tea. Oh, more than nice. Any, more than any food. I don't feel like having sugary tea unless I've got hangover, and then I really do. Oh, but it okay. means it's a really bad one. But no, I, I just I just kind of end up in a growling position who's right. very growly and like hubby has to throw chocolate and tea at me. <laughs> so in a, make me back to being in human. a growling position. Yes. Very nice. I growl thing. really well. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any predictions or opinions or hopes or unhopes? for how eating will change in the future, perhaps in terms of the environment or, te or technology or either or? 
I just hope we get to a point where people aren't trying to police what people eat. Yeah. It's more than just diets. It's with the whole eco-friendly and people trying to go, well, you should eat insects, you should eat vegan. And mm -hmm. th there are so many more ways to help the world than policing what people eat. Yeah. Yeah. Say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. A giant water bomb the size of a planet starts floating towards the pointiest bits of Earth. Oh no! And it's coming quite fast. Um, it's agreed to... We're all going to drown and get splattered and even the pop will kill some of us. It's agreed to float off somewhere else though with a small leak rendering itself eventually harmless but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, sing the rise and fall of Bossa Nova which is the longest song in the world at 13 hours and nearly 24 minutes all by yourself singing all the words plus all the instrument noises without a break. It sounds impossible but you do it. You're a hero. You go down in history as being the person who saved us all from a noisy, watery apocalypse. Um, but your reward um, in the, your reward in reality is the adulation of all people for all time. Your place in history is secure as something wonderful. You're someone wonderful. Your reward in the moment, though, is the feast of your dreams. And bearing in mind your mouth's been preoccupied with the singing for nearly 14 hours, you're blimmin' hungry. So it's, I would love to know in a fantasy situation, so nothing has to be possible. I couldn't give a fuck about ethics, health, <laughs> consequence, blah de blah I would love to know if in a fantasy situation, and it's the opposite of the last meal, because you couldn't be happier and you couldn't be hungry and you couldn't be whatever, more ready to enjoy a feast. What would you eat? What would you drink? And if there's a who with and where, who with and where? There would definitely have to be a lobster roll somewhere in amongst that because oh, lobster rolls are the best. Um, they are so good. There would have to be some sort of like wagyu steak because mm. oh my god, those things are amazing and they just melt in your mouth. Yeah. Um, but like one cooked over coal, not one just like grilled in a pan. Like it has to have that kind of um, barbecuey yeah. uh, kind of charcoaliness to yeah. it. Um, drink would be like a damn fine red wine yeah um because if you get one that partners with the steak oh my god it's like bliss in your mouth it's yeah. amazing um mm. oh that made my mouth water the thought of that probably cooked by the chefs at quality chop house because uh everything i've had there has been divine really where is that um it's in farringdon okay, okay they do okay, a treacle okay. tart that was so good i had to buy the recipe book okay. because it had the treacle tart recipe okay. in it and like their food and wine pairings are amazing. I don't know how they do it. It's incredible. Mm. They're one of the places that doesn't use spice and you're okay with them not using spice. Right. Um, it would have to be with my husband. And no, that oh. sounds really, really like just ye. No, it doesn't. Um, I love it. I love it. We've just had a lockdown together, all three lockdowns together. This is so lovely. He enjoys food as much as okay, I do, and it's good. just so fun because oh. he'll make noises as he enjoys food, and mm. so do I. And yeah, weirdly, we're one of those couples that's come out of lockdown going, but we liked it. We liked being around each other oh. all the time. Why do we have to go back to normal life? I love it. It's joy. We're newlyweds though. So. I'm happy, I'm happy at your happiness. What a lovely thing. What a lovely answer, thank you. <laughs> mm.
what an absolutely beautiful guest. Aisha is an incredible advocate for Yogi's anti-diet culture and um, mental health, um, neurodivergent, etc, etc, etc. So, so wise. Follow her on Instagram. She is at the Aisha Nash. T-H-E-A-I-S-H-A-N-A-S-H. She's also on Patreon. Become her patron. She is on there creating content about body acceptance, wellness, and neurodiversity. Oh, just absolutely belting guest. Thank you for listening. Uh, Follow the podcast all over the social media as well. Why don't you? At the Hoovering Pod. Why don't you come and see the live show? The next one's on the 17th of July as part of the Underbelly Festival in Soho, London. Socially distanced in a big old tent. No one's going to share any COVID with anyone there. My guest I've announced so far is the fucking incredible Joe Brand. Yeah. (laughs) Um, If you want discount tickets to that, become my patron. Why don't you do that? Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. Um, also, I show Hench is wrapping up its tour towards the end of July and beginning of August. I would love to see you if you're based in somewhere like Manchester, Newcastle, Sheffield. Um, then come, come to that. Everything interesting that I should I mentioned in the podcast is as ever in the podcast notes. I take ages over them and anything written in capitals is a link to whatever it was that it says. You can follow me. Why don't you follow me? Just follow me um, on social media as well. I'm at Jessica Foster Q on everything. If you want to tweet me, I like that. If you want to Instagram me, I like that. If you want to send me something longer than a tweet or an Instagram, you can do it through my website, jessicafosterq.com. That's also where you will find tickets to my live shows, including the Hoovering one and all the stand-up ones. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.